HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Good Sunday to you, and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. Our show today has been produced by Jack Inslee, engineered by Nat Wiener, and uh, sponsored very generously by the Hearst Ranch. Hearst Ranch is the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. Since 1865, the Hearst family has raised cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of the central California coast. The result is beef with an extraordinary flavor that's as memorable and natural as the surrounding landscape. For more info, go to hearstranch.com. And I have to say, too, that my theme song is also courtesy of Hearst Ranch. Um, Brian Kenny, who works with the Hearsts, um, composed that one afternoon here at the Heritage Radio Network, and it's really kind of the pride and joy of my life. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> um, so my guest today, who I'm very excited and honored to have on the show, is Adam Moskowitz, who is owner of Larkin, uh, which is a bonded warehouse, uh, pretty much responsible for the introduction of most of the world's great cheeses to New York City. Wow. Yes. 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 Not just New York City, actually. I'd like to believe oh, that we. I'd like to believe that we are the the gateway of specialty cheese from Europe to all of the United States. But yes, in New York City, there is a lot of cheese that comes through Larkin. And I and I should say too, Euro Larkin, which is now your your European counterpart. That's at the. Uh, Rongis in, in France. Yes, Rongis. For all of you who don't know, Rongis is the epicenter of food based out of Europe. It is uh, a marketplace for all things food and even flowers and things of that sort. But there we uh, consolidate cheese. We have Euro Larkin, which is a, a sister company to Larkin, which uh, actually my father and I organized about, uh, about 20 months ago. And uh, so far, so good. It's going well. 
Congratulations. Why, thank you. Thank well, you, I feel like, you know, this, yeah, Rungis is basically like Hunts Point Market times like a bill, you know, a bazillion. A bazillion. Yeah. Definitely it, a bazillion. A bazillion, a bazillion to infinity, actually. I, and I haven't ever been to Rungis, but I really want to make the pilgrimage at some point. I really must take you there. Okay. Fine. Next time, next time we go to Bra. Let's yeah. Let's let's okay. stop off at Yura Larkin. Okay. And uh, and we'll take you over to Rongis. We'll have <laughs> uh, one of my favorite restaurants there is a. Uh, in the market in, in Rongis. In Rongis. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the best seafood ever because it's like because it's literally uh, like brought uh, in that day. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's pretty incredible. That's yeah. what Hunts Point is missing. You know, are there any restaurants There's there? No, uh, no, no, and I don't think any of us would really want to go up there, even if there were yeah, restaurants. Yeah, there's like that guy with the coffee truck with like <laughs> yeah, you know the weird sad Danishes, and that's it. Yeah, not many people go up to the Bronx. Yeah, really, that yeah. often. So, thanks for having me. Oh, I it, like I said, it is an honor and a pleasure, and I well have wanted to have you on the show for a while because I feel like you and your family are. Really, um, you know, sort of the unsung heroes of this whole food revolution that's happening in our country right now. Because, uh, no, for real. I don't know. That's okay. I mean, food, yeah, okay. Specialty food, cheese. Cheese, yeah. My cheese specifically. I mean, of course, I'm like cheese, cheese centric. But um, can you tell us a little bit about how your family's business got started and how you know your dad changed it? And now you're kind of taking the reins to bring it to the next level. Well, gosh, I think we only have a half hour for the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, I don't, let's well, do a brief. Let's do summary. it. Let's, uh, we'll do the cliff notes. The cliff notes. Um, well, gosh, my uh, my grandfather, my grandfather. Uh, started as as a push cart pusher of of dairy, you know, butter, egg, milk, down in the uh, downtown Manhattan area, Lower East Side, right where the Essex Market is right, today. Right, right where the Essex Food Market is today, which you're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. I love I love your shop, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Benoit. Hello, Benoit. <laughs> I hope you're listening. He's he listens in every Sunday. Does he listen every Sunday with his with his little beautiful baby? Oh. Um, so yeah, my grandfather was uh, a food, butter, and milk distributor. Uh, his he worked up the ranks at a company called Walker Butter and Egg. Uh, Walter Butter and Egg was a New York distributor that also uh, became a pioneer in, in imports from from Europe, specifically France, but also uh, Switzerland and. And Germany and, I mean, all of Europe, because France has always been, Rongis has always been basically a gateway from, from Europe to America for specialty food products. And what when was that? I mean, when did that really start to take off, that whole import business um, for, uh, for cheese and dairy? Yeah, I mean, it started, I'd say, after, after the Second World War um, and evolved from there. I mean, it began with things as simple as, as butter and things of that sort, industrial cheese. Um, but then it just evolved from there. So I'd say, I mean, it really took off with uh, the the process of containerization, which happened in the early '60s. Can you explain containerization? Because I'm pretty sure we are we are experiencing containerization right now because we are, we are actually inside are in, a shipping container. I know. I, I could almost. <laughs> it's so weird being in this container right now. I almost feel the uh, 
I almost feel being on the ocean. It's almost, I almost feel like we're at the sea right now, <laughs> being, being in this container. Um, yeah, containerization was basically the, it's, uh, it, was, it was the advent of our global village, if I may. Um, you know, I'd say there's two key components that uh, contribute to the global village that we're eating in right now. And, and pallets is one of them, these, these little wooden constructs that, that, forks of a forklift and things of that ilk can move things around and then and then those pallets go into containers and containers is what uh change from break bulk i mean imagine closure everyone close your eyes right now and just imagine they're closed are they closed Mm -hmm. they're closed Mm -hmm. they are closed absolutely so imagine just a big big ship and a big hole in the ship and in that hole there's just a tons of stuff and they put them in these big nets and these big cranes take the nets and and swing them overboard and that's like how we used to do cheese which as you know for the cheese that we're involved in that's not really good for cheese oh yeah no absolutely not cheese and nets don't really they don't work yeah get smushed <laughs> they get smushed get smushed poor little guys <laughs> poor little guys yeah so containers i mean and these are refrigerated containers obviously yes yes so these these containers are refrigerated which is actually a small small percentage of of the overall uh, transport of containers throughout the world. I'd say the the percentage literally is like like one point eight percent of all containers are refrigerated containers. And what temperature does that cheese travel at? Thirty six to thirty eight degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, so that's been it's above freezing, obviously, but yeah. it's keeping it pretty stable, so it's not going to ripen too fast as it's coming across or or anything like that. No, I mean we 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 hope for. Uh, a sincere level of like homeostasis, actually, where where they can continue to ripe um, moderately if, if they may or need. But um, we try to pull that temperature down to kind of keep it keep it even. Yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, for our listeners, cheese is obviously full of different bacterias and molds, and the warmer it is, the more excited they're going to get, and exactly. the more they're going to work. And if so, if you keep them kind of dormant. Then that's good. And it's actually very necessary because a lot of the fresh cheeses and, and soft cheeses and things, products like butter, or other fresh dairy, you know, that's it how long do they spend at sea? Good question. They're actually only really at sea, at sea at sea for about seven days, but they're in the container for about, I'd say about uh, 12 days from, from. Uh, that's it. From I thought patent. it was a lot longer than that, actually. Nope. Okay. And interestingly enough, it's pretty much been. That amount of time frame since forever. Since well, since ni- the nineteen sixties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I guess like, even since before then, because if they were bringing anything over from Europe, that sea voyage can take about still, a week. Huh? It still always took about a week. Okay, which, which is pretty pretty cool actually. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So uh, back to containers. So containers really uh, a quick long story about how containers were born was basically a, a guy um, driving a truck waiting on the port to get his truck unloaded. And he looked at it and was basically like, why don't they just pull my truck up onto the ship? Absolutely. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and from there, there was also the same revelation as it related to the trailways. Not the trailways, the trainways. Right. Um, same, same concept, basically, of just pulling the, the cart up onto the ship. And actually, one of the first container ships actually had rails on it because they would pull the containers with actually the wheels on it up onto the ship and lay them on oh, rails. Okay. And, and mm. now, since obviously trucks have taken over everything, the rails aren't quite so necessary. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're more versatile now, too. Actually, the containers, it was, it was like kind of like a, a thick, 
putting the puzzles together. Um, now it's the, the container drives the concept of you could take the container and put it on a chassis, and you could put it on a a railway. So, so the container kind of took its took its lead after it was to be following from the, the, the vehicles of tractors or, or or trainways. Wow. Anyway. And so, well, so, you know, this is all pretty specialized stuff. Yeah. Like you said, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, a very small percentage of, of total, of the total shipping and container industry. And so how does your, uh, how does Larkin play into that? How do you where guys, do yeah, what, what, what happens to that cheese once it's put in the container at Rungis and then Well, where are the across? ones, we're, we're actually the ones putting it in the container, actually. That's, okay. That's, that's the thing. That's what we do. Larkin is, um, Larkin is basically a, a, a logistics company that cares for specialty cheese perishables in nature but cheese is the commodity we work with most because this type of product requires a considerable amount of care and consideration especially because french cheese specifically um the way it gets moved around is 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 local based right these these suppliers are delivering product into rungis routinely and it's meant for the the Paris French market. So we have to actually prepare the pallets and, and stuff the containers and bring them over to the United States. And that's what we do it for. We do it for everybody that, that needs to get cheese out of Europe into the United States. Wow. Does that make sense? I yeah, mean, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's just such a, it's such a specialized niche that you guys occupy. Yes. So then, I mean, I don't want to, you know, obviously you don't have to divulge any details you don't want to, but you know, I, when I first heard the term bonded warehouse mm. and the fact that, you know, international law doesn't even really apply there or something. It's, it's like, like a sovereign like, nation. It's like a yeah. little like sovereign nation. Yeah. What the heck is up with that? <laughs> so then know. all these imports get to your warehouse and you've got a sort through them before and then customs has to come yeah. and clear those items yeah that's that's i mean that's especially with french cheese which is so delicate and, and has such uh we'll say a limited short shelf life um we basically act as as an arm of customs we're a fiduciary responsibility to the u.s government we um receive containers straight off the pier and clear product at larkin that's what it means to be a bonded warehouse um and from that facility it's stuff gets customs cleared as well as fda cleared and if and when stuff needs to be sampled and or viewed and or destroyed customs or fda comes to larkin and uh we do the procedure so it's really cool. We, we, we basically, what's cool about Larkin is I could actually pull a box off of uh, an inbound vessel within about 12 hours of it arriving. Um, so today, for example, there's going to be a vessel that arrives called the Mole Endowment. And I will have three containers of French cheese delivered to my door probably by noon tomorrow. Wow. And we'll clear the product at Larkin. And do you guys have in-house inspectors to do that? Or do you... No, no. Is no. it like USDA where you have to have a USDA guy yeah. there inspecting? Or there do you guys teams. do it? There's like field teams that show up in like 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 government cars with, like, with license plates that say like USDA. And they, they show up with like their clipboards and their pens and their, their files and reports. And, and they come and they take samples and they take pictures and they take cheese. And it's really kind of cute because like, I, I, I like always smile with these guys. I, they, they, first of all, they never take anything. I offer them water, no. Coffee, no. Espresso, no. A piece of cheese, no. They're like <laughs> sampling this cheese. I'm like, do you know what type of cheese you're sampling right now? They're like, no. We were just at like a plastic toy facility from Japan before this warehouse. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. You're like, you're missing you're out, You're missing dude. out, man. Like, take a bite. Like, yeah. take, a, take a pound and a half extra for yourself. 
it's good <laughs> cheese, but they don't really. It's sad to be one of those guys. It is. It is. But you know what's interesting is actually the 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 FDA specifically this past year has really stepped up. Actually, um, what's interesting is is I love cheese and I love I love eating cheese and talking with you about cheese and stuff. But I really am in in the logistics business and seeing how in the last ten years things like nine eleven impacted. Uh, importing product in the United States because I mean we're we're being cute and we're talking about how we bring containers into the United States but I try to get people to really think about it as it relates to when you travel internationally and what it's like to travel internationally now where you have to take off your shoes and you have to take off your belt and you have to take off your jacket and you have to have all of your materials that are liquid based in a clear bag and I just think about all of that parameter and then imagine what it's like to actually do that with a 40 foot container of product that has uh you know, 40 to 50 different supplier sources and has a destination um, of the, the, the entire continental United States. Yeah. Um, so the process is really intricate, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's, uh, it's, like I said, one of those pieces of the puzzle that people don't usually think about. And even when they do think about it, they're like, oh, my God, that is so complicated. I can't start to wrap my finger around or my head, my head around. Um, we actually have to take a quick break. Let's but when break. we come back, um, we're going to talk more about about Larkin and about what's going on at Larkin this month. Uh, stay with us. I'm cutting the curve. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. Uh, our show today has been sponsored by Hearst Ranch. Uh, you can check them out at hearstranch.com, suppliers of some of the finest grass-fed and grass-finished beef in the United States. Beef. And beef. Yes, goes good with cheese. And my uh, my guest today is Adam Moskowitz. Hello. Hello, owner of Larkin. Larkin. Larkin Logistics. Life is a lark. So start Larkin. How Larkin for life. <laughs> you want me to start rhyming? I'm yeah. a poet. I'm an artist. I'm an MC. I like to rhyme for free. I like to let everybody see what I mean when I think about my cheese family. I like curds. I love whey. I love to say that every day is okay if you have a piece of cheese to go with your day. See, it just comes off my head like that. I love it. Isn't it great? I love it. It's yeah. Really funny. Like we said, all food people are like freaks. Y- yeah, in yeah. some way shape or form. And and you know, so that's good. So you bring like the the rapper poet part and you know, whatever. Mm. I went to art school. I could like make paintings of You cheese. are actually a sick painter. I think a oh, lot of people man. don't. Nope. You know what? Excuse me, audience. I don't know if all of you know this, but I do. Anne is a ridiculously talented painter. I mean like old school, traditional, still life, realistic, almost like a photograph painter. It's wild. 
You would never know that, but I know it. I'm blushing. She is. She's They're making red. me all for clamped. She has a red shirt on now, and her cheeks are redder than her shirt. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's say, though. Sorry. Woof. I love this. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, you know, they always say I, I had a face for radio. So what does it mean if I'm on internet radio? <laughs> it's just like yeah too too beautiful for the cosmos to comprehend that's what it means oh no it's like it's it's such a it's such a powerful medium the the internet radio i just love hearing my voice <laughs> i know it sounds pretty cool in the headphones right? doesn't it it's like I, I hear myself thinking right now as I talk to you. It's great. So why are <laughs> well, we here today? I'm, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about this crazy event that you're organizing at Larkin. Yep. Um. So I think it's very cool. Actually, I was talking this past fall with Jason Hines, who Jayski Love. Jayski Love. I just learned that today. DJ that, name Jayski Love. That that was his DJ name, but um, he was talking about how he got involved with the cheese business and uh you know he works for neil's yard dairy in london which is one of the yummy yummy benchmark cheese uh companies of the entire world they are they are really really wonderful company and he was talking about when he got into the business um having to sort of bridge this gap between uh these sort of sweaty armpitted sales guys in polyester shirts uh-uh. who were like the cheese industry of yesterday yep and then thinking about no no but wait what's going on what are we supporting who how are we doing this who are we reaching and and talking just pretty much reshaping Supply the cheese chain. yeah the cheese business in london and they successfully did that by partnering with all these um, cheese makers yeah small producers and being the ones to really invest in their story and invest in that community and I feel like that is what you are doing at Larkin right now with this especially with this event which I want you to explain to us because it's so fun and exciting what a great segue and thank you um, <laughs> yes I would like to officially announce on internet radio the first annual cheesemonger invitational Whoa! Whoa! We need a sound effect for that, like an explosion. Yeah, I wish I wish we could capture the sound of cutting cheese. It'd be like, oh, it'd be yeah. really subtle. <laughs> Wouldn't be quite like the samurai thing. It would no. be more like, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's about it. <laughs> so um, when is this Cheesemonger Invitational? Uh, well, first of all, you could find out about it at cheesemongerinvitational.com. It's one word. And this event is taking place on June 26th. That's Saturday night, two weeks from yesterday, otherwise known as June 26th. At? Doors open at 7 p.m. The competition begins at 8.30. And it is at Larkin. It is at Larkin. You can see, listeners, you cheese lovers can see this bonded warehouse for with your own eyes and it's, know that it, it exists and that it's magic and that, you know, things happen there. You literally, as soon as you walk through the front doors of Larkin, you smell cheese. And it's a cornucopia of coddled curd. I just love saying that, by the way. <laughs> it is a cornucopia, a cornucopia of coddled curd. Of coddled curd. There, the, the cheese there is very, very happy. So tell me, how did this idea come about? Well, it, you know, it, it came about because... Uh, I, I think long and hard about concepts similar to what you were just discussing with Neil Jard and, and how they differentiated themselves in the marketplace. Uh, it starts first with the word monger. And monger is a traditional term that dates back to food markets similar to the ones you work at right now um, where, mm-hmm. where you know there'd be a, a fishmonger and a, 
and a meat monger and a cheese monger. And they were all basically uh, retail stall individuals, people, you know, making making the connection between the land and, 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 the, and the table. And I believe now we live in a global village. I believe now that, uh, that, that, that key people that have great sources need to expand what it means to be a monger. It's not just about the retail individual um, interacting specifically with the end user. And Neil Jard, for example, really captivated that. Here's where, here, were, here, was, here was a shop in, in, in London, and, and the owner of the shop realized that in order to present great product and, and deliver it in, in a way that the maker intended it to be, um, he'd go and interact with the actual maker. Yeah, crazy. crazy. Who would have thunk? Who would have yeah. thunk it? No, now it seems elementary, but you know that that is. It's, it was accessible, and you could go and do it. You could yeah. actually go meet the guy that made the cheese. We were so successfully disconnected from our food supply, thanks to the global village yep. in many ways. Yep. <laughs> that you know, all of a sudden to do that was kind of revolutionary. And then, and then, not only that, they went backwards and forwards because Neil Jard also went to the actual monger over in, let's say, the New Market, such as the United States. And they would educate those people about their product. And so my point being is, is that the concept of being a monger is, is something that I don't think is retail-based anymore. I think it's about selling uh, a product and, and understanding everything about that product as much as you can and, and telling that story as well as you can. And so, and what, honoring it as a profession because yes. it's a very important profession. And yes. people kind of you know can have their preconceived notions about the retail business or customer service or whatever, but it's a really crucial part of the food supply. And I love cheese. <laughs> Me too. And I I believe the cheesemonger's role in, in today's world is to be the, the conduit between a whole form piece of cheese and, and the next consumer of that piece of cheese. I get very sad when I see uh, 25 pieces of cheese wrapped in unbreathable cellophane waiting for an uh, uh, excited hand to grab out and bring it to its mouth one night. It doesn't work like that. I think a cheesemonger is, is, is an age-old art form yeah. where you truly honor the land, you honor the animal, you honor the maker, the man who actually broke, broke the milk into its curtain way, you honor the afinor, you honor, you honor the whole tradition. And, and I think cheesemongering as a tradition is something that, that is, is mildly overshadowed as as we live in a in a world where where especially your whole food is 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 commonplace is 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 prepacking our food yeah <laughs> Pre- prepacking those stories so how are we going I, to I, get yeah, how I, are we going to get so so tell me about the event that's what i want to know about what are people going to do what are these who's who's competing okay 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 For, I, I, I get I'm, it's i want the sun, rundown you want the rundown i'm sorry i want the rundown. you want you want the press bites yeah. okay <laughs> well people got to come everyone out there who's listening we to the show has got to come out to larkin uh, well i'd hurry up guys we're you know we're fastly running out of tickets actually surprisingly enough um the event is basically the idea of bringing together cheesemongers from across not only our country but the world um, and provide them a competitive environment to showcase the skills that cheesemongering is all about, such as cutting correctly, wrapping correctly, presenting correctly, um, knowing the product correctly. So, so long story short is I've got nine cheese shops from around the country. I can, read, I can read the list. Formaggio Kitchen from Boston. What, what? Uh, Maurice from New York City. Yep, yep. 
Bedford Cheese Shop from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Rubiner's Cheesemongers from the Berkshires. What, what? Uh, DeBruno Brothers from Philly. Philly's in the house. Love them. Yep. Zingerman's from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes. Byright Market from San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> Liberty Heights Fresh. From Salt Lake City. I love it. And last but not least, St. James Cheese Company from... New Orleans. New Orleans. I'd like to send a little love out to New Orleans. I love you guys down there. You're going to persevere through these hard times? Yeah. Let's not digress. Yeah. Let's not digress. Okay, so those so people the, are going to come to Larkin, and what are they going to do? How, what are the competitions? So we're going to have, we have six challenges that are going to occur uh, simultaneously as well as concurrently. And what I mean by simultaneously, there'll be nine setups for all of the nine mongers represented. There'll be individual mongers, one monger representing each cheese shop, and they will... Uh, they will participate in a, a, the series of challenges. And the first challenge is, I believe, So Fly I. Mm-hmm. And the second challenge is uh, Dapper Rapper. So Fly I, wait. Dapper Rapper, I understand. Wrapping cheese properly. What's yep. So Fly I? So Fly is, I, I think it's important for cheesemongers when you say, I want a quarter pound, that they cut you a quarter pound. Love it. Right? If you say you want a half pound, they you cut a half you a half pound. pound. Nothing pisses me off more than ordering a quarter pound and getting a third of a pound of cheese. Yeah. Especially when I'm paying like, you know, like $46 per pound for a piece of cheese, which I've known to do. I want what I ordered. Absolutely. So, so fly eye is the ability for a cheesemonger to look at a piece of cheese and cut it by eye correctly. Awesome. We have a bell in my store for that. Uh, there's a little Bavarian cowbell that was actually given to me by... Uh, um, Sarah? Oh, Norbert? Norbert. Yes. Norbert. Oh my God, I love that guy. He's and so adorable. So now when whenever anyone cuts an exact Cost quarter cookie. pound or a half pound in my store, we ring the bell. Cuss cookie. Yeah. <laughs> I love Norbert. So, okay, so fly eye, dapper rapper, what's coming up next? Uh, then we got dare to pair. Ooh. Yes. I uh, My my beverage partner for the event is Butternuts Beer and Ale. Okay. Do you know Butternuts Beer I and Ale? I do not. I bet you do, actually. They're those. They're the cans of beer that have like the, the pork slap. Oh, yeah. And, and then the course. thundering stout with the uh, with the cow on the stout. Okay. Um, they uh, are an amazing brewer from upstate New York. Okay. Local. Yep. And Chuck has uh, graciously provided the, the, the beer pairing element to the evening. I've actually decided for this event. His goal is pork slap goes with everything. Everything no. smack. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't know about you. What do you think? What do you think goes better with, with cheese, wine or beer? Oh, I, I'm I'm down for all of it. I'm not gonna cr- I'm not gonna draw that line in the sand. I, yeah, I think you sound, tasty, you sound so Swiss right now. Tasty fermented liquids and tasty fermented solids. All go well together. Oh, you're so, you're so, you're so nice. I know, I'm neutral. You're so neutral. I'm neutral, You're so I'm non-contrained. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would say there's a perfect pair in every, there's a perfect pair everywhere, always. I think, I personally prefer beer with my cheese, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I, a great wine goes with everything greatly, but I prefer personally beer and cheese. I think cheesemongers, in, I think I'm going to, I'm going to go on a limb here and I'm going to say cheesemongers in general. Mm-hmm. They uh they go they go uh, they go they, for beer. They go for well, beer. cheesemongers, you know, we're poor. We can't buy tons of fancy wine. So the third challenge, <laughs> so the third challenge is dare to pair. Okay. Where the day of the event, we're going to give the mongers a a a beer from Butternuts to pair, and they're going to have the entire event showcase of cheese to choose from, and they're going to pair something. And then the the next challenge is sign of the times, which is uh, the idea of writing a sign based on the the cheese that was paired with the beer 
the idea being like special of the day, cheese of the day. Uh, we want to see the marketing skills of the monger. Sure. And some shops are renowned for their signs. Of course, that whole thing was pioneered by Steve Jenkins, who was just on the main course right before us. We he, love you, Steve. We cheese, love you, Steve. Cheese primer. Go get it. Yeah. If you don't got it. So, okay. Signs. I love it. And then slate your plate, which is going to be a presentation prepared by the cheesemongers. Actually, here, this is an interesting part of the competition. I'm actually asking all competing cheesemongers to bring three quarter-pound pieces of cheese and one pairing element to the actual event. Mm-hmm. They have to bring like a little doggy bag of cheese. Idea being, we want to see what their selection is like from their shop. We want to see their choice and harmony of product. We want to see uh, their quality in terms of how cheese lasts after it's cut from a shop and makes it to its destination, mm-hmm. the home. I love the, it. Yeah. Um, and then one pairing element, obviously, is just to see the harmony between. Um, so that's Slate Your Plate. And then the final challenge is Taste Your Paste. Ooh, tough. Tough. I remember. This is a tough so this is, this is a blind this is the, tasting. Yeah, five cubes of cheese. Told from all over the world. I've selected this from anywhere in the world. Thousands of choices. <laughs> oh my God. You're like the Wizard of Oz. Thousands of choices. Um, wow. So then the cheesemonger has to taste and identify those five cheeses. Yes, they have to identify. There's, is, there's five categories. Milk, style, age, country of origin, and name. And they have to select the answer to all five of those questions. For all five pieces of those cheese. I'm like sweating bullets just thinking about it. No, you're sweating bullets because it's really hot in this container. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, for one, am thrilled. I'm so excited to come to the competition. And I think that everyone listening who is a cheese lover should make it a point to come to Larkin on Saturday, June 26th for this uh competition slash festival slash musical extravaganza oh yes there will be mu- there will be live music we will have dj sets by jc love aka jason hides of neo jardari as well as carlos Sofront from zingerman's deli there will also be a live 30 minute set of crazy original music by the beat poet and their friends fantastic it's gonna be wild and, and what's what's the website again so everyone can www cheesemongerinvitational.com one word one word well Adam thank you so much for taking time out on a Sunday to come to Roberta's and eat fried chicken with me thank you for serving us fried chicken on Sunday <laughs> this has been fantastic and I hope you're going to come back and, and maybe uh, bring your dad on the show one want to bring days. Pops big old Joe Axe uh, that'll be that'll be the day can't wait for it thank you um, well Uh, Join us next Sunday for another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. See you in a week.